0: Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds, be forewarned. This podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern variety, so plan your listening accordingly, or don't. That's a choice you could make. Don't say we didn't warn you.
1: Ooh, I like that Ashland mug you're rocking there. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. do. I do. Yes, that's ah, why I said it. It
0: was my <laughs> first uh, Shakespeare mug I ever owned. I. Why am I still wearing a bra?
1: Girl, I don't know. Ugh. Get rid of that It's thing.
0: because I've been out of the house for fucking 10 hours today, and then I got home and I was like,
1: oh, pants off, food, face. Get them out um, of boob jail, man. Yeah. Yeah. Are they- I feel like- Are they free? Are they better now so we can well, record? I mean- <gasps> Aubrey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready when you are. Just deep breath. Swing your- swing your boobs- just let him free and then just go.
0: Welcome to the Hurly Burly Shakespeare Show. Wait, I want to do that again. No,
1: that was so good. That was so alive.
0: No, no. I can do it better. I can do it better. Okay. We're going to do alive. Welcome to the Hurley Burley Shakespeare show.
1: (laughs) That that was take two. That was the better one. (laughs) Take three. Take three. Uh Uh-huh. Listen up, motherfuckers. It's the Hurley Burley Shakespeare show. Amen. We're your hosts. Aubrey Whitlock.
0: (laughs) I was gonna give you a clean one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Take, I don't fucking know anymore Four, kidding me, this is dynamite Welcome to the Hurly Burley Shakespeare Show We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet And Aubrey Whitlock And together we are Whamlet, sort of We're getting there, we're cobbling Ain't together we Hamlet tonight <laughs> um, And this week it is Twelfth Night 301 Yay. thanks so much for listening we hope you enjoy the show
0: and come back for more if it tickles your fancy yeah or uh, any other part of you really it doesn't ooh. have to be your fancy like yeah. whatever it tickles just like come back for more and get tickled again for sure friends <laughs> so the handsome gentleman that i'm seeing yes uh listened to i think <gasps> some or all of the devil's charter episode where i um, got gushy over the handsome gentleman MC. For like t- two seconds, uh,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Um, and then he said that I have a very professional radio voice, a very sexy professional radio voice. So mm. I was just, I was going to be sexy again. we talking about tickling our listeners' fancies. Oh. Mm. My sexy professional radio voice.
1: Mm, yes. Not to be confused <laughs> with this voice. My Shakespeare voice. Yes. Not that. Not that one. It's not the one that turns anyone on (laughs) when anyone does it, not just you. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah. So in case you haven't (laughs) gathered already, 301 level episodes are lawless places with no rules. We do what we want, bitch. motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, We do, however, operate on the assumption
0: that you know what this play is. And so you don't need us to tell you, like, what this play is. Um, However, if you feel like it's been a minute since you have thought about this play and, like, you don't know what this play is, um, then we have for you, dear listeners, just for you. uh, We've got 101 and 201 episodes about Twelfth Night for you in our back catalog.
1: You can go dig those up. In general, we want to use 301-level episodes to explore a single aspect of the play under discussion. And this week, we're trying to answer the fundamental dramaturgical question about this or really any play, Um, but this one particular on this episode, why this play now? Why this play now? So, And we're going to do it live. We're going to do our thinking (laughs) on air live so you can really get a feel for... That thought process, and we're going to model that. Um, that yeah, is also so a pedagogical is... tool, is modeling. <laughs> Sorry, just like putting that out there. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. So this I keep is really like
0: you. a. No, you're fine. There's we've reached the end of what's scripted. So I was talking. Um, so this is really like a a collaborative episode. Um, we don't have really notes that we're working from we're really just going to have a conversation and try to figure this out but what we want to do is um answer the why this play now question for uh production's inclusion in a season um and for the play's inclusion on a syllabus so we've got the you know both halves of the coin that mm-hmm. we are <laughs> that metaphor felt a little tortured but like you are a <laughs> practitioner and i'm scholar yep. um and so we want to hit both of those demographics because also that's who our listeners are
1: question mark Pretty sure. So yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. So Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. Why would we want this play now in yeah. a season of plays for a theater? Well, right.
0: to start with, it's fun. It is. Yep. It's a crowd. And I, I think I think fun um, is not like a noble reason for inclusion, but I think it's a fucking valid reason for inclusion.
1: Yeah, you know, and I mean, it it um, provides a balance. You know, if you're exploring mm-hmm. something a little more tragic or serious or some mm-hmm. other genres in your season, it provides a nice lightness um, yeah. to the to the recipe of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, so there is that. I mean, there is some validity to that. Also, it mm-hmm. is you know, if you're a struggling company. Twelfth Night's pretty popular. It's not as popular as so Midsummer. Season. It won't make you as much money as Midsummer, but it is a good one. Um, yeah. It's a it's a popular title. Like it will bring it. It will bring income. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, twins are funny, right? We Emma love Wright.
0: twins. We love love twins. Love gender swapping, mistaken identity. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah.
1: great. It's all great, and it's all gravy. Yeah. Um, so it's that's got also- wonderful
0: you know, a lot of tropes that can speak to other parts of your season, right? Like if you have a tragedy or, you know, if you, if this is say you're not a Shakespeare company and this is fitting in with modern plays, um, Mm. let's say that you, you were exploring themes of like familial dissolution and, uh, reunion in, in your season, if you have, you know, family issues or estrangement issues like this play Mm -hmm. will speak to that
1: yeah it would also i think um depending on of course how you ended up staging this play itself and what maybe concept you want to tie to it if you do um Mm -hmm. gender identity i Mm -hmm. mean in our i think 101 or 201 episode i ranted about a terrible version of twelfth night i had seen where they they did the gender bending all weird um, yep. And it ended up, you know, the twins not being actual twins. It was too strange. It was too much for me. But yep. one thing they did do that was really awesome was the the actor that played Viola. They are a gender neutral actor, um, right? And so they were able to do that. If, sorry, when you say gender neutral, you mean non-binary? I'm sorry. Yes, I mean
0: I mean non-binary. <laughs> okay. I don't. Great. I was like wait I know. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> My. Uh... I was thinking it, in my yeah. brain, gender neutral yeah, pronouns. Yeah. No, um, I got And you. it came out of I got my you. face wrong. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, non-binary. There's a non-binary actor. Um, and I just think they they executed that all wrong by, like, eliminating a character. Like, don't do that. Right. Um, but right. And when you say they in this context, you mean not the actor. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Girl. The no, company I'm just, I'm, and the director. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you. No, it's yeah. helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you want to hear me rant about that with more verve, go and listen yeah. to our old episodes. But um but it can speak to any of the pants plays really it can mm-hmm. speak to um any kind of gender discussion that you want to yeah. have in an overall season, I think. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean also themes of like loss just overall, mm-hmm. um reunion and uh uh like I don't I mean I don't want to say that this is a refugee play because I don't think it is, but issues surrounding um finding one's way in a foreign land mm-hmm. i think also this this play can complement nicely if you mm-hmm. do it consciously and think about it totally like if that's if that's one of the reasons that you want to do this
1: play and that's one of the things you're trying to hit i think that'll yeah. hit pretty well totally or if you just want to design a whole season about shipwrecks i think this would be a great yeah one.
0: oh my fucking god a shipwreck season shipwreck wouldn't that be season? great
1: That'd be so great. Like, outside of Sign not just Shakespeare up. either, or even the early modern canon. Like, mm. I I don't know what other contemporary plays there are that feature yeah. shipwrecks, but I know there have to be some. So, right. like, if like, you wanted to design a whole season... Play. Yeah, yeah. Let's find modern plays modern about shipwrecks. Shipwrecks. Hey, Google. Um, I wonder by if the... there's a play about
0: the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald.
1: Because that is, would be amazing. What is that?
0: Uh, it is a famous ish shipwreck on one of the Great Lakes in um, the 19th century, maybe uh, that was immortalized in poem and or song by someone kind of famous. And that's all I know. Hmm.
1: Okay. But also, if you wanted to do just Shakespeare plays about shipwrecks, you could totally do that. I mean it would be a
0: small season but you could do it
1: it would i mean you gotta you gotta throw some bow fletch in there too like you would want yeah. some sea voyage in there you could
0: you could do an early modern season about For shipwrecks. Sure. uh For and sure. in fact i think you should i think that would sell <laughs> very well because that yeah. would be twelfth night and pericles and sea voyage and cly clam and um uh fair West. tempest tempest fair Maid of the west i think has a shipwreck it has ships i'm actually not sure if there's a shipwreck in it um why are we not? Why did we not put Clyclam on the list for this season?
1: We if still it too can. late. Can we switch something out? Because I feel like. I really want to talk about too. I know. I do too. Like, I really we, want to talk about the maid's tragedy. Like, I've been right? dying to talk about the maid's no. tragedy.
0: I mean, maybe. I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe we just add another episode when we do Clyclam. It's season right. three. Like, why have we not done Clyclam? That's just um, true.
1: I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate that idea. Or if we come back for season four, we start with Clyde Clam. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) might be okay. That'd be a fun way to start. Right? Be like, Um, what up,
0: bitches? You heard about this play? And I say it just like that. (laughs) You heard about this
1: play? Um, I've derailed. (laughs)
0: Shipwrecks is another theme. Okay. So fun (laughs) story.
1: Fun story. When I Googled, I literally Googled plays about shipwrecks. And it only delivers me Shakespeare stuff. Um, Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? And maybe it's like Google knows me too well, you know, and it just knows who I am. So it tailors my uh, robots. These robots are coming for us.
0: I'm going to tweet um,
1: about it, maybe. See mm, if
0: yeah. anyone on my on my tweeters yeah. knows about It's uh, like, I've, I've seen plays.
1: a fair number of modern and contemporary plays, mm, mm. but I uh, just can't think. August Wilson
0: maybe gem of the ocean gem
1: of the ocean is there a shipwreck in that play there's a ship in that play there's certainly some ocean in that play yeah i loved that play. i got to see that play oh god it just at osf stunned. yes the, yep uh-huh oh. saw that
0: production yeah oh my Which god is why it, it uh-huh. just crushed that my heart that image is just seared i remember nothing actually yeah. about the play but the the way that they lit the ship is oh my god my brain.
1: it was stunning that stunning mm. production oh my god yeah it was yeah. fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm just going to have to tweet it right now. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. Yeah. Well, anyway, hey, we'll put that one out to the listeners, too. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, shipwreck. You know just just put that little flea in your ear. And, and you know, if you're doing a shipwreck season, also maybe, you know, just for funsies, tying things thematically together. If you're doing a season about twins, that would be a reason to include this. So oh, much there's twining. a shipwreck
0: in um, Comedy Bears. <laughs> sort of. Oh, yeah. Well, there's they a, talk about it, yeah. A, yeah, there's like a, a pre,
1: pre-play pre right. shipwreck. Yeah. There's also sort of a shipwreck in The Winter's Tale. Oh, yeah. More like, yeah. More like the An boat gets smashed shipwreck. by a storm, but yeah. It's, I mean, that's a shipwreck. That's the I mean, yeah, literal that's a, definition of a shipwreck. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh-huh. If there's Is a play about ship? the Titanic, that's um, a shipwreck play. Can you hear <laughs> Becky? She's hollering. I can hear Becky. If anybody okay. hears... S- like suspicious sounding suction noises. It's my pervert dog gnawing on her rubber ball, like in my lap. Um, yeah, she heard her name. She's looking at me now. Ginebra. She's like, "What? Oh, baby girl has an ear infection. She does not. She's not happy with me." Poor girl. Anyway, we have so digressed. Um, yep. So, uh, I mean, there are some there are some darker reasons why mm-hmm. you would want Twelfth Night in in your season two. I mean, it's not all fun and games. It's Um, really not. You could gloss over the whole Malvolio issue if you wanted to Mm -hmm. and just play up the fun of this play, but you can also use it to talk about bullying um, Mm -hmm. and, and whether, you know, punishment fits the crime like they like the mariah and toby and sir andrew they clearly go too far right yeah malvolio's a dick and he deserves some kind of comeuppance but not the it way too far so like yeah they you know, kidnap you ing- him yeah and they and lock they him up in a dark room gaslight and, him. yeah um you know so it's it's bad there's some bad shit in there yeah. um so abuse you can of power. Yeah, you can use yeah. it that way, too. You really can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think yeah, Illyria is not real. I'm trying to think, like, a lot of... Isn't uh, it? It's um, like a historical region.
0: Like, it, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore, but... Oh, I just for real thought it was not real.
1: I thought Illyria no, was like a dream um, place. No, that's Elysium. Uh, Never mind. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> they yeah, sound kind of similar
0: uh bohemia question mark because oh. after the last time we were like it's in italy and molly was like nah no.
1: <laughs> she's like no you dum-dums
0: right. <laughs> and then she sent us that great uh image of um like the traditional costume from that region oh yes do you remember this
1: yes i do now yes 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 there is mirius yeah. um but one thing I love. Oh, it's in the Balkans. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Eastern Europe. Okay. Yeah, from um, from the
0: Danube River
1: southward to the Adriatic Sea. Aha! Uh-huh, Aha! Uh-huh. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, then you know, knowing that, uh, have an Eastern European season. Hmm. I don't know what that would be besides like some Chekhov. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, mean, you could do. Um. um
0: n- no. Ibsen is not, no, Eastern he's, European.
1: He's Scandinavian. Yeah, um, you know. know. So you could maybe other do Tale. Yeah, other people Bohemia, who study other plays. You know, more Which is
0: also that. not really Eastern European because it's no. Germany.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. But one thing, one thing I love, uh, like at regional theaters, you know, is that a lot of times you get to track actors in rep. So mm-hmm. so thinking about. Twelfth Night as um, a play in rep with other plays, not just a sequential, you know, there's a, I guess maybe two, we should break this down um, for people, not as in the theater bubble. um, uh, Some is more than others. So like there, there are two different ways to you know, do, do theater in, in a theater company. Right. Um, a lot of companies do, you know, they have a full year of productions, but they are sequential. So you'll have like one show will run for a couple of months and then it'll close and a new one opens and then so on and so on all the way through the end of that season. Other companies do repertory, right. Where more than one show is running at once, um, for a number of weeks or months. So, um, you have to choose, like if you're if you're a repertory company, choosing Twelfth Night as part of your repertory can get really really fun. Uh, thinking about tracking your actors from one show to another, so mm-hmm. and and whether you want to. Um, it sort of stretch your actors uh, and and figuring out like okay you know so and so is going to play Orsino and that kind of type is really in their wheelhouse for that play but then I'm going to stretch them and they're going to do something totally different in another play um, or finding plays that, that talk to each other you know in some way um, I mean thinking about uh, like an Eastern European season like what if um, if you set everything you know in the Balkans and you picked a bunch of plays from that region from all those cultures in that region uh like what would you do with a person who is in this in illyria you know the illyrian folks and then how does that translate to another part of the world uh in that in that area and then like track those people like there there are a lot of ways to track an actor and keep your audience engaged um thinking about their journey across multiple plays even though of course like those playwrights wrote maybe centuries apart and weren't necessarily right. thinking that way. But you as a producer um, or someone designing the season could think about that. And that could be kind of fun. Um, so so thinking about that, like whether you're doing a sequential, you know, is is Twelfth Night going to be, you know, your summer smash, your your marquee summer show that you run for a couple months in the summer, sandwiched in between, you know, a, a really tough tragedy and a, a history play or something yeah. else, so, you know, or I a mean, musical or say... something.
0: Yeah. Let's say that you do Twelfth Night in the same rep with King Lear and um, let's say two Henry Six, yeah, just for kicks, yeah, right, just for just for kicks. Let's say uh-huh. that, that that's a season. Uh uh-huh. um, You know, you you have got let's say say that the girl person actor um, that you cast as Viola. You know, what what else are you going to do with that? With that actor like maybe what you're going to do with that actor is uh, have them play Goneril in Lear and then and then maybe maybe they're going to be Gloucester's wife right Eleanor Cobham in 2 Henry 6 and maybe also going to be one of the one of the
1: baby Yorks you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: maybe some other people that is a thing that you could do that sounds absolutely realistic and doable right Um, you know, know, let's
0: also think like maybe, maybe you're Orsino, you -hmm. know, uh, perhaps in Lear, uh, you're going to make that person Gloucester, Mm. you know, and then maybe, maybe they're also going to be the Duke of York Mm -hmm. in, in the Henry, uh, that might be an interesting track. Yeah. Right. We've got some, to be a lovesick
1: noodle in one play who then gets his eyes ripped out. Right,
0: yeah, and then maybe maybe your Malvolio
1: (laughs) is also gonna play Lear, yeah,
0: like that's interesting. Uh, And then maybe maybe also Gloucester, that's interesting too. Mm
1: -hmm. Those are interesting choices. It's amazing how you're plucking that from the from the ether off the top of your dome. (laughs) You're gonna
0: sell me out (laughs) 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 to our listeners. No. That I was just looking at a program from a season that did that all of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't say it; you said it. But I yeah. mean, well, those are interesting you were choices, me out. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, those are things that you could do. Those are things that you for sure need to think about um, for including Twelfth Night in your in your artistic season. Um, and like, if you're if you're doing it sequentially. You know, is there any money in having 12th Night be your winter show that kicks off the new year? Because 12th Night, you know, the 12th day of Christmas and 12th Night is in January. Um, January So I don't, you know, and did you want to plan something around that and have it kick off your season? Like if you, so if you have a sequential artistic year, um, figuring out where it falls in the year could end up being important. so for for reasons that you can find in the text see that's why we love this shit is that you could mm-hmm. pick kind of really anything pluck it from the sky or your butt and and then find <laughs> a way both. to justify it yep your sky yeah. butt <laughs> yep and then find a way to justify it um yeah. so so those are some of the things i would think about i have mm-hmm. never been in the position outside of the classroom um of choosing a Season of plays and how Twelfth Night or any other play might fit into them, but that is what I, I would mean, think about.
0: Bullshit, because we were in a theater company together oh, where we
1: chose a season. Yeah, sorry, I guess I didn't remember that. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about that because that was like a learning context. Like I've never done I that mean, professionally. Sure. Okay. All right, that's fair. Um, yes, I, you're right. I have been in those yeah. in on those conversations. Way to erase our shared history. I. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Uh, did 12th night ever come up as a as an option for us? I don't remember Fuck if I remember. I
0: remember nothing about anything except for that 12th night must have come yeah. up at some point. Must have yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I mean it sure yeah. I'm sure it did, but it clearly yeah. didn't get enough traction. It was never like a no. a top 2 we interested in the comedies. We were really? not not particularly as I, as I recall. No.
0: All right. So then anyway. now perhaps uh let's think about f- Including it on a syllabus. Um, Yeah. Right. Because you, you are also an educator as well as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, I am only an educator, but I practice at educating. So yeah, (laughs) I'm an education practitioner. Um, So I have never taught Twelfth Night. Uh, However, at the University of Alabama, where I am currently, it gets taught frequently in the brit Lit survey because uh it used to be if not still is one of the two shakespeare plays included in the norton anthology um the other one has is or has been othello i, uh-huh.
1: think,
0: I think it's othello and twelfth night it might be lear in twelfth night something just got changed for this new edition but i don't teach either of the plays that are in the norton so like it didn't really stick with me um The point I'm making is that Twelfth Night gets taught frequently. And one of the principles of inclusion on a syllabus is, does it show up in the anthology that you're teaching? And I think that I want to acknowledge that that is an absolutely valid reason to include it on a syllabus and that that happens all the time. So why should you include it on a syllabus? Because it's in the Norton. Mm -hmm. That's one reason. Another reason that I think it, and this is, I think, a reason that it is included in norton at all is because it's it's a pretty uh compact play right of of all of shakespeare's comedies Mm -hmm. um it's it's pretty representative but it's not terribly long um it's also not terribly short you know it's not comedy Mm of um it sort of hits all of the high points of Shakespearean comedy, right? It's got the the gulling scene, it's got the box tree scene, yep. it's got hiding in plain sight, which we love. Twins it's got and
1: pants rolls, twins and pants. Yeah. You know, it's
0: got all of the things that we just listed. The when we were talking about it. It's got a yeah, lot got of got really like, of like tropes, telltale right? Shakespeare tropes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. So for sure, if
0: if you are thinking, okay, well, I have to teach a Shakespeare because I am teaching the BritLit survey, let me teach a Shakespeare. Um. And you think. I, I only have room for one Shakespeare and I would rather teach a comedy because of whatever reason that you would rather teach a comedy. Like, this is a good representative comedy to teach. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's good. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. easy. And there's there's subplot, but it's not hard subplot, right. if that makes yeah. sense,
1: right? It do, It's not subplot that makes you work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does get all kind of brought back together and tied up together at the end not left you know loose yeah i mean it's not like winter's tale where you basically have two separate plays right right Right. or um it doesn't quite get tied up as neatly as midsummer but um but yeah twelfth night yeah but yeah it has um it is it is a it's a nice little survey of shakespeare in one play really it's got a lot of the tropes that we love, it's got a, it's, you know, got a tight little uh, structure. Um, it's got a fairly representative verse. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like the soaring verse of, you know, Hamlet or Lear or whatever, the big tragedies that people like, but it's got it's got some pretty good verse in it. You know, make me a willow cabin at your gate and blah, blah, blah. That whole speech is really good. Yeah. Patience Uh, on a
0: monument. Yeah. And yeah.
1: And some really iconic lines, you know, for the music, be the food of love. Play on. Say. Yeah. You know, like some some lines that are culturally relevant that the kids still use without realizing that they're using them so you know but you know what I'm saying like I remember you know I didn't teach at the university level but in high school my when I taught my high schoolers you know there are some idioms that we still use that people use all the time in the English language that they didn't realize came from certain plays and then we'd come across them while reading and they would go oh that's from this yeah you know and it was a point of of interest like it got them in you know what I mean it was a way in Mm -hmm. so so and Twelfth Night has some of those um definitely has some of those and and it's got music
0: yep so um it's, very it's a musical
1: a fun way to engage multiple modalities you know yeah. and and different also a lot learning of pros. styles
0: mhm right the clowns the clowns hit the pros yeah.
1: yeah yeah so yeah it's it's um a little mini survey course of shakespeare in one little play i think that's yeah, yeah. that's uh if you have to pick only one pick that one you, it's a solid choice you could choice. do worse yeah yeah
0: yeah a solid choice um when i teach the the brit Lit survey um i theme my course um mm-hmm. my course is sort of unofficially titled sex and sin um and i try to pick every reading consciously in in a way that will support either sex or sin so like the idea is that early the first half of brit Lit, um Writers are often, if not always, responding to uh, issues of sex or th- things relating to faith and religion and sin. You know, in mm-hmm. in some kind of way, um, because these things uh, are. I mean, I hate the word universal, but they they hit a wide cross section of the human experience, especially for the Brits. <laughs> so thinking about what, how, like how this play would fit into my BritLit survey. Um, as I said, you know, I've never, I've never taught it. Uh, the plays that I've taught, um, I've, I've taught Measure for Measure a bunch. Um, I think that sort of is pretty obvious how that fits the sex and sin narrative that I'm I'm going for. Um, and then this year I taught uh, Two Noble Kinsmen and Winter's Tale. And those were a little bit more... They they required some massaging to, to get my students to think about them from those perspectives because they're not super obvious. Winter's Tales, I think, more so. Um, but Two Noble Kinsmen is... It's a little bit of an outlier. Um, so thinking about the way that Twelfth Night would fit into that kind of overview that kind of lens on Britlit to to say to my students you know here's here's Shakespeare what's sexy about this and what's sinful about this these are the questions that we sort of ask um about every text that we that we read um and I think that this one would also require a little bit of a A closer look right it's not obviously sexy or sinful i mean it's maybe it's maybe kind of obviously sexy i don't know just because of the love plots Mm -hmm. um and if you're gonna equate romance with sex which many people do um i think that's a that's a a link that could be made and at an undergraduate level i think that's a fine link to make um the sin however i think is more interesting Mm mm-hmm Right? And I would, I would want to walk to the subplot. I'd want to walk to Malvolio. Um, I'd want to walk to Toby and Mariah. Um, I would also want to walk to Olivia and see, you know, what's she doing here? And how, how does her grief, um, inform this lens? And how does her casting off of her grief inform this lens? And do we also want to talk about Viola who spends the play lying about who she is and considering that that is a sinful thing, even if though it's done out of self-preservation, right? Are we, mm-hmm. how do we want to deal with her motivations there? Mm-hmm.
1: Some would argue that yeah. sex itself is a sin. So yep. I find the exploration yeah. of sex and that you just, that you separate them.
0: Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mostly separate them because of John Donne. Ah. Who is... So fucking sexy. Oh my god, John Donne can get it. He can get it! Uh Uh-huh. Just for everyone out there. Elegy 19, to his mistress going to bed. Google it. Read it. You're fucking welcome. John Donne can get it.
1: Moving on. Um... Is there anything to move on to? So including I it don't, in a syllabus. I don't know. We're still yeah. talking about a syllabus. That's, yeah. Um, oh. I, I'm sort of tapped out on That's that. That's okay. Mm. Um, you know, what, what? there's one thing. It's not exactly on anybody's syllabus, but mm. let me Google it really quick before I talk out of turn. Colorado Shakespeare Festival. There it is. Um, Colorado Shakes is doing a really cool thing right now to use Twelfth Night to talk about anti-bullying. So I pulled up this article. It's in uh, the TimesCall.com, so a Colorado paper. Um, actors from the Colorado Shakespeare Festival are using the bard's timeless words to illustrate to the students the perils of bullying, and they uh, they do interactive workshops after the production. Um, small groups of students reenact a scene. It's actually very theater of the oppressed. Um, they take scenes from 12th night uh and they and they basically stage interventions in them and they um address the the bullying happening you know around the the toby and malvolio stuff um and they make changes they they basically create their own scenes and and address the issue um through theater which is so fucking cool um so like I said it's not traditional you know having it on a syllabus but it is being used to teach um and to teach young people uh which I think is very is really cool um Colorado shakes good for you um and they're going to apparently they're going to keep doing that um let's see as part of the center's partnership they partnered with the Center for the Study and Prevention of Violence um and they gave the actors a crash course in bullying and the cycle of violence. And the actors uh, laid learn about a bunch of other stuff. And then they go in and they, uh, and they work through these moments in the play with these seventh graders. Um, so that's awesome. I mean, one thing we didn't talk about is not just including this on a um, college syllabus. But for many of our listeners who are in the K-12 arena... Mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. how to include this play, which is not one of the big three, you know, Mm -hmm. Caesar, Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet, um, how to include this on like a high school syllabus or a middle school syllabus.
0: I mean, my first introduction to this play was
1: uh, in high school. It was Mm -hmm. the play that we did spring of my senior year. I played Viola. Oh, that's right. That's right. And you've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I I don't personally, that was, it was not one of the plays that I worked on in school. And I know a lot of teachers feel like they can't deviate from like the big titles um, because their curriculum is so locked in. But I think there is something to be said, um, particularly right now in this world of anti-bullying and and general sort of wokeness, um, there's something to say for for its relevance in that way. Um, You could probably take that to your principal, your supervisor, whoever's supervising your curriculum and make that argument for why it should be included in your syllabus. Why, why that play rather than say Macbeth. And for a lot of the other, the reasons you said before, how it's, it's a good, it's, it's indicative of Shakespeare's style without being like Mm -hmm. overwhelming. You know, I think Mm -hmm. high schoolers could really jump into it too. It's, it's useful, not just uh, in college. There you go. I mean, final thoughts, anything?
0: Uh, no, I got nothing, but I do want to return to modern plays with shipwrecks because oh. Twitter has come through. <laughs> oh, already? Way to yeah. go. Yeah. So Fat Men in Skirts by Nikki Silver is not about a shipwreck, but is about the only two survivors of a plane crash on a desert island. So it's basically a modern shipwreck, um, plus incest and cannibalism. So it's pretty much Pericles and the Tempest put together, says oh my. Connor O'Sullivan. Um, and then we've got something called An Octoroon by Brandon Jacobs hyphen Jenkins. Uh, and Alicia says that she's not sure if wreck is the right way to describe it, but it is quite a spectacle. Okay. Uh, and friend of the pod, delightful, wonderful Molly Srammett says, uh, a play called non Emus.
1: <laughs> okay. There's
0: no good way to indicate parentheses in the middle of a word. <laughs> ah aurally you can only do that visually so it's called a non parenthesis emus parenthesis oh uh by naomi uh izuka i think is okay izuka um and that's what twitter has come through so far so if we come up with more we will talk about them perhaps in the future
1: if anybody thinks of something after hearing this episode please holla at us um yeah We'll just create our own and then, you know, shop it around to somebody who wants to do this season of shipwrecks, which would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. It'd be so good. <clears throat> ah, all right. Well, shall we gossip? Yeah. We got some good stuff this week. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So we've talked about American more uh-huh. on this podcast at some point. I don't remember when. Um Yeah. But really quick, it's a it's a one man show um, that is so hot right
1: now. Uh, yeah. You've seen it. Can you I give have us a, a one sentence. Yeah, synthesis? it's a yeah it's a one man show um, about a a black man's experience of well, not his experience, but his his questioning of um, the play Othello and. Who gets to tell the story and who plays Othello and why all of that is mixed up in American history and our history of slavery and um, and where the where that play clashes um, with with him, with that character, with that person. Um, and it's it is powerful. It is um, a beautiful play and it's being made into a book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the script will be available uh, for General consumption, Uh, with a foreword, foreword, which I am so fucking excited about, by Kim F. Hall, who is one of the big people uh, in pre-modern critical race studies. She is, I think, one of the founders of the field. Um, She's incredible in absolutely every way, and she's uh, a wonderfully generous scholar as well. Um, And wrote this amazing foreword. I am sure it's amazing. I haven't read it. I have no reason to know that it's amazing but i have no reason to expect yeah. that it is not amazing so like it's going to be amazing yeah. kim hall wrote the goddamn foreword so like get it uh, and by foreword i mean introduction mm-hmm. anyway uh so it is available for pre-order from arden arden bloomsbury yeah uh they of the arden shakespeare series um you should definitely pre-order it you should also- American more started following me on Twitter today and I'm like real excited about it. Nice. I feel, feel real good about me. Um, So that's fucking get it. It's like, it's so it's like $14. Like it is affordable. Yeah. You can get it, get it. And yeah. if you can't get it, ask for your library to get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be important. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is something that you should include on a syllabus in which you are also teaching Othello. Like, yeah yeah. um and you know one one really good thing about this being published finally, is that um you know, it's Keith Hamilton Cobbs show, right? he's the he's the actor. He's the writer of it. He's the one who's been doing the show. Um, but it now means that, um, you know, other actors can purchase the rights for this and they can perform it. so this this show and this story, this one man show can go out and have a wider exposure in theaters. Um, which is very exciting and you should be reading it and studying it and having and offering like moments of performance for your students, like encourage, yeah. encourage your students of color to look at this play and like speak some of its words. Cause they're super p- fucking powerful. So anyway, go get it. American more pre-order it now. Yeah. What else? Uh, also
0: the Arden three series of, shakespeare's complete works is now complete fucking finally because measure for measure (coughs) is out now and by now i mean not this very second that i'm recording these words but now the very second that you are hearing these words uh it releases on thursday which is two days from now but is four days in the past from when you are hearing these words Ugh, time what even is it what a (laughs) pretzel yes uh so also you can get that and complete your uh complete your shelf which I am very excited to do. That's the last one that I need. And I'm citing it in my dissertation, so I need nice. it. Um, so that's
1: All what I got. All Arden 3s, huh? All nice. my Arden 3s.
0: I love them so much. They're so
1: perfect. Nice. And now they're just going to get going on Arden 4. And, uh, you know, know, 10 years later, <laughs> 10 yeah. years from now, we'll be back. And you're yeah. we'll like, well, the Arden 4 is done now. Oh, We're God, so no. old. The Arden 4 is not going to be done in 10 years. No, Come I on. Know. Probably just the Come first on. one. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah the new I mean, hamlet and arden is like a 10-year <laughs> project so yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Um, which i'm sure since they roll i'm sure one of them will be ready to come out in 10 years but not all Oh, of them. for sure yeah, yeah yeah lots of them yeah. i mean they have uh
0: they've got editors for at least half of them so far
1: yeah so yeah so uh in my gossip i came across a write-up of a production of Time In of Athens, which I thought Woo. was interesting and I would share. It is here's the headline. I found this on the therap.com Wrap, Time In of Athens Theater Review The Bard's Misanthrope Reimagined for the Trump Era. And I mean, Yikes. personally, I don't think you need to reimagine it. I kind of well, think you just need to do Time In and it feels very Trumpian. Um, but this is an adaptation of Tymon it's not strictly Tymon Uh, one they have regendered Tymon Um, she's called Lady Tymon and she is played by Catherine Hunter whose name I don't particularly know but apparently she's a big fucking deal so good for her um, this started out as an RSC production. It has opened uh, in Brooklyn's theater for a new audience following following its run in the UK. So it's now stateside. It's in Brooklyn. So if you're in the New York area and if you want to go see it, please haul at us and tell us how it was. So it just sounded like an interesting production um, and something maybe worth seeing. So let's see. And and the reviewer says basically this production focuses a lot on um, class production struggle uh in playing up the drama's class conflict over economic inequality uh godwin uh, that's the director and his team make a strong case for the relevance of time and of athens so they they're saying that in the class struggle is what makes it uh, makes it relevant right now also incidentally uh one of the directors that we hired for camp this summer is in this production which i find interesting um totally coincidental but so it sounds like a cool sounds like a cool thing if you're into and of athens if maybe it's on your canon bucket list and you're never known when you're gonna see it again go see it tell us how it was sounds interesting i'm always interested in in regendering experiments i know jess is like firmly anti but i'll watch it and figure it out the other another production i just want to shout out if you're in the austin texas area Uh, And if you liked our Arden of Faversham episode last season, you have a chance to go and see a production of Arden of Faversham. Uh, The Hidden Room Theater in Austin is -hmm. putting it on starting next month. And it'll run February 7th through March 1st. Uh, And again, that's Mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So if you are intrigued um, by this rarely performed true crime black comedy (laughs) um please go see it go see it i guarantee you will enjoy it because that play is bonkers yeah yeah so and that should be fun and the hidden room um they are known for doing kind of kooky stuff in really weird styles Uh, i like their vibe so yeah i always enjoy a good hidden room uh production so Mm -hmm. that's that for our gossip well thank you so much for listening everyone we hope you leave the podcast more informed than when you started yeah, tune in next week. We're going to revisit Julius Caesar. It's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be
0: great. It's going to be great. Uh, wham it out. Whamlet it out.
1: <laughs> it's going to be what it's going to be. If you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your friends. Rate us, leave us a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: For show notes and other fun stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurleyburleyshakespeareshow.com.
1: Yeah, get in touch with us. Tell us what you're working on and thinking about. Email us at holla at show.com You can also
0: find us at hurlyburlyshakes on Instagram.
1: Or at hurlyburlyshake, no S, on Twitter. The Hurley Burly Shakespeare Show is produced and edited by Aubrey Whitlock and Jess Hamlin. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent. Okay, Peter Fonda, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, not Peter Fonda. Peter uh, O'Toole, that's who I meant. Harley, uh, buddy! Shakespeare show? Sorry. Marriage is what brings
0: the Harley Brown Shakespeare show to If <laughs> <laughs> so oh I did the gosh. entire
1: episode like that. What if we did All the right, whole okay. episode like John Gilgood? It'd be great.